Welcome to the Video Game Purists. Um, I guess this will be Reunion Episode 1. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, one of your hosts all the time, uh, Fred Rojas, um, Gamertag, Spiders, Venom, PSN, whatever. And across the way from me, I have two wonderful guests um, in no particular order. We'll go with uh, Thomas Worthington. Good evening, everyone, or whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Welcome. Welcome back from long ago. From beyond the grave. Right. <laughs> Actually, you were very much alive on the internet, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, just just the show is, is returning from the grave. This is... <laughs> We should have uh, partnered with the zombie cast or whatever, so that this is like the undead episode. <laughs> but uh, and then um, and then of course uh, our uh, our third guest host is uh, as always uh, Jake Saylor. How's it going, everybody? As usual, <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> what really cracks me up is that um, over the course of of I would say the time from the moment the VGP started all the way through till now i'm the one who's really kind of not doing anything involved in the video game industry save for a couple of random uh, uh you know podcast appearances whereas you two are are pretty much full blown in the mix of it now so that's pretty cool well to be fair you've uh, you've done a couple of interesting blog posts here and there you know and you've been yeah. staying active the way you can oh yeah i just uh, kind of strayed from the traditional format um but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Doing if... uh, podcasts and uh, doing forum posts. You know, what's the traditional format? You know. Yeah, I, I guess think, the, uh, the rigmarole of like video games. Yeah, but I mean, like I'm straying from news, interviews, and reviews, basically. Uh, although, yeah, I, I just think it's interesting because the video game journalism field, you know, it seems like everybody has their own path. Mm-hmm. And while a lot of these paths may not really go into very fruitful places, there are <laughs> own paths. So I think that's what there a lot of the appeal comes from in pursuing a career here. It's true. How about you, so, uh, yeah. Thomas? How's uh, how's the wonderful world of no? Oh, we lost him. <laughs> He's just back online though. Oh so uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe we can get back in here. Okay. Well, here's hoping he he All joins right. us back. Um, Thomas, if you're there. Just so if you haven't already noticed, we're having some technical problems. 
with uh, getting our friend Tom from the other side of the pond here. Unfortunately, it appears that this this uh, fine afternoon, uh, Skype has decided to uh, wage a little war on the internet connections between America and the and uh, the UK. So we're doing what we can. So, alrighty. Um, well, um, I don't know. Do we just uh, jump into it? We could. It couldn't hurt. I'm sure Tom will be back soon. So. All right. So, so Tom is our special guest, and he'll be joining us later on in the show. But moving forward, um, all right. Well, for those that uh, either haven't – well, no, nobody's going to be listening to this that hasn't listened to VGP before. So um, we're a little more of a trim podcast since we uh, you know, kind of got back into it, and Jake is definitely good at trimming the fat out of his podcast as well. Um, which we'll get into what those are and what everyone's doing uh, at the end of the show. But um, we're just going to jump back into a semi-traditional format, and uh, w- that that starts off, as always, with uh, what you've been playing. So, um, Jake, I think this is you. What you've been up All to, right. Well, the first thing I think I have to clarify for me, you, and our viewers as well is... This what we've been playing from May 28th, the last episode <laughs> of this podcast, or the past week? <laughs> um, well, it depends on how brief you can be about nine months of gaming. <laughs> um, well, I can say a lot of it has been taken up by the classic <laughs> UFC. I was about to ask, are you still playing UFC 2009? Oh, uh, 2010 Oh, be correct. Oh, was it 2010 you were always playing? My mistake. Yes. And um, I think it was February 14th that UFC 3 came out, so I've been playing that quite a bit as well. Um, It's pretty much been the nonstop game. It's like when you get one of those awesome games you just don't want to put down, except it's like a constant thing, and the Mm -hmm. game never ends. That's how UFC 3 is for me. Nice. Well, uh, Um, Sorry. Yeah, they, they decided to call it UFC 3. I think that's interesting. I haven't been following UFC, as you can tell, but uh, but I've heard good things about it. It's a good game, and uh, in reference to them calling it UFC 3, um, I think apart from most sports games, it uh, they, instead of the yearly iterations they try and push out for the, for the monetary reasons, they're mm-hmm. actually they put a bit more quality into it, and I say that with like everybody taking it with a grain of salt, but you know, I mean, it got 9.5s and 9.25s from like most review outlets. So it's got to say something for it. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, it, yeah. It looks to it looks to be getting uh, relatively positive reviews everywhere I see it, and um, a lot of people are talking about the reason that they like it is because yeah, they kind of redo the engine and and tweak the uh, the fighting system to make it stronger. So. Yeah, they have a uh, revamped submission system. They've added a few different game types. Uh, for anybody who's familiar with MMA, and that's going to be a weird combination, gamers and MMA, but uh, they've got... Like, More the, common the than pride. you know. <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, Pride, the Pride system that uh, was an organization in Japan for a number of years before UFC uh, gobbled them up. And there's a bunch of fighters that wouldn't be in the game otherwise. So it, it's... Hmm. Not not just revamped in terms of its gameplay, but also in its conventions, which I think is a really good thing. Cool. I didn't know this. I was looking on Amazon. I guess there were UFC games on the PS2 and Xbox and all kinds of stuff. 
I don't know, man. UFC um, Sudden I, Impact Throwdown. There was even Pride FC. That's crazy. I didn't know about all those games, actually. Yeah, I didn't know the roots went that far. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be very hard to go back to those games with what you've got now. <laughs> yeah, man. See, that's the problem I have with actual portable gaming now. Is like when I want to go back to uh, playing like games from the same franchise, but it's on portable. And I don't, and I can't have the same like connectivity and you know graphical prowess that's on the, the main console entry. It just doesn't feel the same. And uh, I've yet to play the Vita, so I'm not really sure. How that <laughs> I was would go. about to say. Well, according to Sony, the Vita is going to revolutionize the way you play games on the go. Yeah, and um, I, I don't know if it belongs in what I've been playing, but I desperately want to play a Vita. Like, I want to get my hands on one and try it out. Like, it oh. just looks like such an awesome portable system. They don't have one at your GameStop. Well, they do, but I don't want to spend the cash on it just yet. No, 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 no. Maybe somebody there should be a on. unit you can play at the GameStop. Oh, yeah. See, I haven't been to GameStop since uh, February 14th for UFC 3. Uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah, I, yeah you I, should I don't go... know because they wouldn't have had one up. Yeah, you should go check it out because they do have one in most GameStops, and they've got a lot of different uh, demos and stuff. Um, the one thing I would stress to you, especially if you get your hands on it, um, is uh, play the Gravity Rush demo. This is a game that's kind of under the radar, and uh, I think Thomas said this as well. For me, it was slated as like the reason I wanted this system. It, it, it felt like a killer app, so it's definitely something you'll want to check out. But it looks like... Is is the only option Supremacy MMA on uh, the Vita? I I have no clue, man. And okay. to be honest, I probably wouldn't uh, play MMA games on the Vita <laughs> just because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why, but it just doesn't sound like an appealing thing. It's just one of those, I, I don't want to do it. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. I totally get you. Um, yeah, so, and here's the big thing that I'm you know, drilling back and forth in terms of the Vita is that I have the money. Well, I can go get a Vita anytime I want to, but mm-hmm. I'm like torn back and forth as to like whether or not it actually get any use out of it. If they could just integrate the PlayStation one games, it would be a much larger reason for me to play this. Or if that new list of the games that work on the PSP digital, the, like the backwards compatibility list that needs to be updated. Cause mm-hmm. probably, half the games that I play aren't on that list. And so it was like, hmm, so I've got to play new see, stuff. See, that's something, that's something I see really attractive about the uh, the PS Vita, is while the PSP was extremely relatable to uh, uh, PS2 graphics, I think that with the PS Vita now and the technology we have now, we could actually have like a PS2 experience in our hands. Like the, the entire experience, not dumbed down, to fit the controls or, or the graphical capabilities, but the I'd, full thing, you know? I'd go as far as to say PS3. Um, See, I, like I said, I haven't played it yet, but right. you know, I've heard great things. Yeah, it's going to impress you when you first see it. Like, it's going to... I always tell people, on the demo units, they have, like... You play Uncharted so you can see how beautiful everything looks. You play Little Deviant so you can see, like you know, how everything works. It, it it shows you the touchscreen stuff, and I'll be the first to say I don't really care for for touchscreen gaming at all. Um, I didn't really see the point. But, again, one of my biggest things about the Vita was, well, if it's in there but it's optional, you're good. And I do believe even on Uncharted you can turn off the touchscreen stuff. And they, you don't use it very often anyway, but still you can turn it off. 
Um, so, so yeah, a little deviance right. though is like a tech demo to show you how they're going to integrate it. And right now, as per usual for a launch lineup, the Vita is predominantly dominated by portable ports, which they can do much more fair now. I've noticed a hell of a lot of fighting games. Um, and then, uh, and then, of course, the flood of, of all the crap you're used to. There's a Ridge Racer game. There's a bunch of racing games. There's, you know. Well, in reference to, to racing games, I've actually heard that uh, wipe, the Wipeout game for yes. PS Vita has been giving the Uncharted a run for its money in the graphics area. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, Wipeout 2048 is definitely, like, if I were to buy a Vita today, I'd probably buy it. The other thing that's interesting about the Vita is I don't think I'm going to buy any games. They were talking about the cartridges and how difficult they are to swap out. Sorry, when I say they, I mean some of the guys on the B team. And uh, mm -hmm. how difficult it was to swap out and everything. So when I buy a Vita, I'm just buying the biggest memory card. The I think it's the 32 gig. Um, just taking that hit right off the bat and playing everything downloadable. So Right. And yeah. um, before I get back into what I've been playing, just I wanted to comment on all the bundles that they had when it first came out for the PS Vita. <laughs> and like... They're still floating around, so if you didn't want to waste all your money on that uh, 32 gigabyte memory card or whatever, you could probably find a, a bundle on the cheap. Yeah, the new the the bundle I think you're referencing the the most intriguing one, at least in my opinion, was the one that gave you it was 300 and it was the 3G version, and I have no desire to use the 3G, but for the price, it, it seemed worthwhile. It was 300. You got the 3G. They gave you an eight gigabyte card, I believe, and an eight gigabyte card will run you thirty bucks anyway. And they gave you a couple of download titles. So I mean, roughly, you're paying what twenty bucks to have a three G option if you ever wanted it. So yeah, and the Wi Fi is there to use, even if you pick the three G one, if I remember correctly. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, yes. Especially because uh, for those that don't know, I mean, the way it kind of works. Um, the, uh, the, the Wi-Fi um, is the predominant way the Vita communicates. It's how you download your games and do stuff like that. The 3G is for very limited, um, very limited uses, uh, mostly leaderboards, gameplay, and um, telling people where you are. And gameplay, there are a bunch of games, at least right now, I believe, that are only Wi-Fi online. Like, if you want to go online, you have to be in a Wi-Fi connection. So the 3G is for very little use. And, and it's a good thing because they do charge you for your data package, and there isn't an unlimited one. So, um, But mm -hmm. I'm fairly certain the download cap is like 30 megabytes. You can't download anything that's more than 30 megs on the Vita through 3G. So, so yeah, right, it's... yeah, but um in terms of what else I've been playing, mm -hmm. um just recently, uh I think the only other game besides UFC has been Assassin's Creed Revelations in very uh small spurts here and there. Um I'm just not getting the same awesome feel that I used to get when I when I played Assassin's Creed games, man. And that's really sad, but I think with Assassin's Creed 3 on our doorstep, that'll be a new sort of revitalization for the series. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, man. I get maybe it's just the time that they or the era that the the first few games are placed in, but I'm just not feeling it anymore, dude. Like I I put the game in, I'm like, yeah, I'm playing Assassin's Creed, and then five minutes later, I've used the hidden blades to assassinate like four or five guards again to light a signal fire and do a the uh, eagle drop, I forget what it's called, off of a building. And it's just, 
the the formula has turned stale for me. Yeah, I didn't like uh, Revelations like at all. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, like the gameplay. Sure, it's 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 back to more of the same, but exactly like you've been saying. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't like the way the story arc went. Um, I I didn't like rally a, a group of people to change the ending or anything. But I didn't like where the story arc went. <laughs> And, um, and I, uh, I, yeah, I just didn't, I, the only thing that I thought was cool was when you, and I hope this doesn't spoil anything for you, but there are scenes where you go back to Altair's time and those were kind of cool because you get to play Altair with the newer combat system from Assassin's Creed 2's block of, of, of episodes. And, and those, it's a much better battle system than the original game. Um, but yeah, I, I think my problem was is like you tell me, but for Brotherhood, I was expecting it to be bad. I was expecting it to have come out too quick, be too rushed, and to be really short, and it was none of those things. And so then Revelations, if you don't know already, it's much shorter than Brotherhood um, in the campaign. There's less to do. I think the city's smaller, and it's the one that feels rushed and not really done. And to have it be the conclusion of Ezio's story and have it be this way was kind of, you know, I didn't dig it. Yeah, I won't say it was that way for me. I went into Brotherhood expecting another awesome entry into the series, um, mainly due to awesome marketing, like uh, those trailers that came out. Dude, when that one yeah. trailer, when they were in that market square or whatever, and there were a bunch of monks around, I, mm-hmm. I, won't, I won't go into too much detail about that, but those of you who have played Assassin's Creed and are familiar with the franchise and know what I'm talking about, yeah. I was super psyched. To play Brotherhood. Now, Revelations was the same way for me. I looked at the trailer and I was like, this is going to be sick. And now I'm playing the game. And when I have a game that I already know I love to play, like UFC sitting next to Assassin's Creed, Revelations, it's just like, why would I want to play something that I'm going to be sitting here like, oh, all the way through? The Battle of Time. when When I can get. Almost the entire enjoyment of an hour of gameplay in Assassin's Creed Revelations in a 10-minute fight, where, which I can repeat like five times in the time that it would take me to get through that one hour of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. I mean, I'll give that to you. I, I, like I said, I, I just felt that – and the, the tower defense thing that's completely avoidable. I think I did it twice in the whole co- campaign because I hated it so much. I just thought that was a really bad choice too. So there was just – there was just some bad decisions I think made with that game. It wasn't horrible. It's a good game. Uh, any anybody who's an Assassin's Creed fan needs to at least rent it to get through the series so you know what it's like. But yeah, it was it was a letdown, I guess I would say compared to the other two. Brotherhood and Assassin's Creed 2 were always just like one step above their predecessor and uh, this was not the case. Um the multiplayer felt so tacked on and kind of migrated over too. I didn't like that either. Like have it in there, but like Call of Duty, like don't do achievements and trophies on it and stuff like that. People are so, I mean, everyone's played for like two minutes just because they're trying to platinum a trophy or something. And it's just stupid. Yeah. And you know, that's kind of sad. This will be the last thing I say before I move on to what you've been playing, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of sad because they had something going that was totally unlike any multiplayer in the rest of the industry. In Brotherhood, the the multiplayer on there, everybody was dumbfounded at how they had mixed this interesting assassin-style gameplay into multiplayer, which nobody thought would be possible. And from what I've heard about Revelations, it's worse than Brotherhood's multiplayer, you know? Yeah, like like I said, Revelations, none of the 
none of the changes they decided to make were for the best. I don't know who was game testing that one, but they were misleading <laughs> Ubisoft mm-hmm. in their directions, you know. <laughs> so, um, but and I, I still believe that these games are huge achievements that they were able to get them out in one year. But it was it wasn't a smart move this time around. I think something it was, was rushed. Yeah, it was definitely so far from what I can tell, not the crowning achievement of the Assassin's Creed series, which the last game should be. And uh, I guess with that, we'll talk about what you've been playing. One thing I will say, if you haven't done it yet, make sure to play all those Desmond memory ones. I think there's five of them. You get them for finding little pieces in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And you go and you play this weird first person. It's kind of like Portal-esque puzzle. But in the background, they're telling a story. Pay attention to the story and listen to it. It's really interesting. It's one of the most interesting parts of it and one of the good additions to the game. So I highly recommend that. Um, Awesome. But anyway, as for me, I have been playing, as always, a shit ton of shmups. Um, I don't think I'm going to play one game where a ship shoots at another ship all April. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's been a fun shm appreciation month, but I have embarked on a project that became a bear very fast. And uh, (laughs) I have been playing just so many games. Um, And you only play them for short periods of time. But that's the benefit of shmups. They are 20-minute endeavors. So I've been playing a ton of those. Um, I finished Mass Effect 3. If you want to hear a rant (laughs) that stays spoiler-free, you can hear everyone arguing about it. I don't think you've played ME3, have you? Sorry, you cut out for a second. Okay. Uh, Have you played Mass Effect 3? No, I have not. But on the podcast I am on weekly, there has been a huge rage about that, as well as on forums across the world. So okay, well, and and we won't get into it too much. We'll talk about it a little bit in another segment. But I am one of the few who was like, "No, cool. That's that's how they ended it. Cool." See, I'll and take it. Like, I talked to one of my friends. I have not played Mass Effect Three, but my friend he is like a fanatic about Mass Effect Three. So I listen to him when I want to hear anything about Mass Effect Three or the Mass Effect series in general. And he said that the ending of the game did the series justice it may not have done the player justice and that made a lot of people mad but he said the way the series yeah and he said the way the series ended was actually a perfect way for the for the franchise to get to get to end and i would agree with that and and again it's 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 not that like i'm you know i mean and it depends on what what you do and what kind of ending you get but they all kind of culminate to the same thing um but i i'm one of those people who yeah it comes to a logical closure point and i was satisfied my my shepherd and i uh her name i forget what her first name is but i have a female shepherd she and i embarked on a probably all three games combined hundred and hundred hour mission and when it ended it that was the logical closure point and everyone's like oh well you probably didn't get the ending yeah guys i get it and if we want to do a spoiler cast we can talk about how i did get the ending and i get what (laughs) happened but like your friend said i i think it's a logical closure point for it it's not completely you're not going to guess it you know what i mean you're not going to guess what the ending is and when you get there, you're not like, oh, this is a bunch of crap. You know? You're just like, oh, okay. Um, and the whole time right. I was playing it, I was like, you know, because the, the ending's kind of drawn out. I will say that. And you're just sitting there and you're like, 
any minute now I'm going to get to that point that just drove people mad. Like I didn't, I didn't know what was, I think I joked about it. I was like, I didn't know what to expect. Like, was my shepherd going to burst into flames for no apparent reason? You know, does the world end? Does the, the cutscene suddenly stop? And then like, it just says the end on the screen. No, none of those things happened. None of those little random quirky, insane ideas happened. It wasn't a far fetched concept as to what ended. I mean, Frankly, I just don't get what the big deal is, but hey, Basically, you know what? It wasn't a Prince of the New Prince of Persia ending. If you played right. that. Yes. <laughs> that that ending that made me mad. I'm sorry to like take you off track for a second. No, you're I was good. just like, really? Come on. <laughs> you're talking about the one where he looks like Jake Gyllenhaal, but it's not based off the movie? Yeah. For Sands of Time, I think, or whatever. No, Forgotten no, no, Sands. No, no, no. I'm talking about uh the, the more cartoony looking one. Oh, you're talking about the one where you play as Nathan Drake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the one where Prince like, of Persia uh, proper, the the remake, the lowest priced Prince of Persia game on Amazon. It sells right now yeah. for $10 and they have plenty of them. <laughs> um yeah, yes. Yeah, no no, um But yeah, so Mass Effect 3, it was great. I, I say if you have the series, go for it. Um, a couple of things I will point out that I did not like was there are certain stats you're going for throughout the game, uh, and I don't think these are spoilers whatsoever. Shocker of the week, the whole point of the game is you're amassing a force to take on the Reapers. Um, and you can't amass certain forces unless you play the game online. And EA oh, has... Yeah. Yeah, but I, you beat the game. Like, I beat the game and I was fine. But there were, like, two or three achievements, because I have been playing this through on the Xbox, that you can't get, and I'm sure they're, they're identical trophies, um, that you can't get unless you play online. And you can't get your preparedness, your readiness for the final mission, which is not a stat that has anything to do with your ending, so don't worry. It's not like... People were too scared after the second game that everything you do is going to affect your end, and uh, it doesn't. So don't worry. They're not that much of a dick. But your preparedness percentage, which may you may need to get the perfect ending. I know I didn't get the perfect ending. Um, there is like some perfect ending where everyone made it through all three games, and you, know, you make the right quote-unquote right choice and this and that and it's like this this amazing utopian ending in order to get that i think you have to have full preparedness but you can't go over 50 percent without playing online and i was like that's a bunch of crap um especially because the barrier to entry is pretty heavy on xbox you have to have xbox gold which i do not have um because i have decided not to stick with that and you have to have they did the EA did the stupid online pass. So now not only are they integrating multiplayer, but they're doing it with a ten dollar freaking pass if you rented it, which I did. I've rented every Mass Effect game. Don't ask me why. When a trilogy box set comes out, I'll probably grab it on PS3 so I can skip actually playing the first game, and I'll probably play through it again on PS3. But I've never actually purchased a Mass Effect game, so I didn't have the pass, and I'm not Xbox Live, and I hated that. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> It, it it was my one gripe about that game was that they made it sound like it was going to be totally optional. And it really wasn't because you just see invisible barriers with some of the gameplay, you know? Well, to be frank, it seems like Bioware lately has been doing everything they can to just get more money. Like the online passes, the day one DLC, there, there's so much stuff that Bioware is doing that the, the gaming industry at large doesn't agree with. And uh, I, I just don't see 
how people are going to keep putting up with that. I, I mean, there's I wouldn't want to buy a game and have to worry about like three extra things that I have to pay money for. And right. maybe that's the reason I haven't really paid much attention to Mass Effect 3, apart from the fact that I haven't played the first two games. Yeah, well, and the one thing I and and it, for you, especially as a PS3 gamer, I would highly recommend um, doing the PS3 side. I, I'm aware that it runs a whopping five frames per second slower on the PS3 for Mass Effect 3, but get over it. <laughs> um, but because the PS2 ver, or the PS3 version skips Mass Effect 1 and you play like an interactive cartoon for an hour or something to do that, and it gets all the decisions out of the way, and I really didn't care for Mass Effect 1 gameplay wise, but the story was great. Um, and then in two, all the DLCs on the disc. So you really get a great package for twenty bucks right now with Mass Effect Two on um, the PS3. And frankly, I do think that Mass Effect Two was the best out of the three. So it's the best game in the series too. Um, but um, but what I was going to say was uh, yeah. So all that's going on. It wasn't uh, like I said. It wasn't bad. It was uh, it was a great game. I'm glad it ended. I'm glad it ended the way it did. And I felt very confident about. You know, me as a player and my my shepherd and how her world ended. That's, you know, or, or her her story ended is what I meant to say. The world didn't end in mine. Um, but uh, but yeah. So um, so that I've been playing that. And then just recently, Jake, you've been waiting for it. I don't know if you've been seeing on my Raptor, but I've started uh, playing Mafia Two. Yes. Yes, I have. Time. Oh my god. <laughs> I found for those that don't know, I found a sucker's edition, and that is a great package in that collector's edition. I don't know if it's worth the extra money at the time of release, but it's definitely a great package for what I found. And I found an offshoot on Amazon. If you look, some pub, some people like of some of their their partner stores don't know how to appropriately label a game. You know, don't fit it into the the right area. So. This guy had the collector's edition way off in in its own area. You had to search for Mafia Two and go through like a couple pages, and it was nine ninety nine. <laughs> and he was what? selling it because he didn't have it in the other area, and it wasn't selling. Because everyone would, you know, if you want to do that, you click on Mafia Two, choose the collector's edition, then go to the the newer used categories and see all the shops that have it. Since he didn't categorize himself in there, he's no one's seeing it. So he's probably had to drop the price. So I picked it up for ten bucks plus three ninety nine shipping. It was great. Um, and so what you get in that package is oh, real quick. Actually, speaking of packages, the from the ashes DLC, the DLC on Mass Effect three. I think that really should be purchased and played for fans of the series. That that was actually a really good DLC, even for ten bucks. And I did pay ten bucks for it. Um, but uh, anyway, back to Mafia. So on the Suckers Edition, you get this really awesome map that labels itself indestructible, <laughs> and I've wanted to test that theory. I can tell you you can't tear it, but uh, it, it labels itself indestructible. You get the soundtrack, and uh, it's the orchestral soundtrack. And I don't know if you noticed that in the game, Jake, but the game's actually got really cool you know, orchestral feel. It's, it, it, it it's got high production values. And the, t the biggest time I noticed that orchestral stuff is when I pause the game and it's on pause for more than like a minute, it starts playing a song. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a cool, yeah, and that's the, if I remember correctly, sorry to interrupt, but if mm -hmm. I remember correctly, that's, uh, that's the same song that's on the XMB. And I actually, when I had mafia two, I would just leave it on the XMB because the song that was played when you just hovered over the, disc icon on the playstation menu is so awesome that is the song yes that's the song 
Yes, that's mm-hmm. the song that plays in the pause menu as well. Yeah. Um, so if you have it on Xbox, which I have it on Xbox, I happen to have it on Xbox. Um, yeah, you can find it there. Well, that's what the guy was selling for ten bucks. Anyway, um, but uh, the other thing I will say, or the other stuff you got in there was some DLC. You get some really nice cars and some really nice outfits. Actually, Jake, I thought you'd get a kick out of this. One of the outfits you get, you're wearing like a nice tailored suit with like intelligent glasses and a comb over haircut that's like <laughs> reminiscent of the mid forties. And so I'm doing all these horrible things dressed like, you know, a, like a mild-mannered, you know, Clark Kent. It's really great. Um, I love my Vito that's all, like, dressed really nice, like he's about to go into the office. Um, mm. So, that is so I thought awesome. that was... Yeah, that was some cool DLC. It's just a throw-in stuff, but it was cool DLC. And then the last thing I give you is an art book. And this is a full hardcover art book where it shows you a lot of the, the concept art and stuff for the city. And this city, which is basically a remake of, of New York City, but they don't say that, um, is really well done. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this in a sec, but you know, it's, it's almost sad that they didn't do much with it. But man, did they create a very detailed living city. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, but yeah, so that's what's in the collector's edition. And for 10 bucks, I can't complain. Plus, it's got one of them big tin boxes. I have just a thing for games in tin boxes. <laughs> I just love them. I love them See, so See, I've much. always wanted to get one, but the closest I've ever come to getting a game in a tin box is when I was like like 10 years old and I would get the Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, collector's edition boxes. And I'd, mm-hmm. I'd do that. But that oh, was yeah, yeah. the closest I've ever come. Uh, well, if you want one, if you pre-order Assassin's Creed 3 at GameStop or Best Buy, they give you the tin right away. And the the guy at my GameStop was, like, giving me this really dirty look because I walk in there, I pre-order it for five bucks. I take the tin. I leave. Later that day, I'm out and about doing errands. I drop back in. I'm like, yes, can I please move my Assassin's 3 um, pre-order to a different game? And he goes, weren't you just in here? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, do you have that tin that tin box? Oh, that thing? No, no, I lost it. I'm sorry, man. Can I just move it over? And he kind of gives me this you look. You did that? Absolutely, I did. <laughs> Ubisoft That's is awesome. giving those out. Uh, yeah, they didn't pay for those. Ubisoft is doing it as a marketing push. A, I know I'm going to buy Assassin's Creed 3. That guy had no right to give me that look. Um, but if you want a tin box, that's how you can get one right now. I love uh, how you're so condescending towards GameStop. Like, through all the podcasts we had, like, anytime GameStop came up, you just had something bad to say. There was a very poorly run GameStop in my area, and I kept going to them for some <laughs> stupid reason. I'm now at a GameStop with actually cool people, um, and I'm hoping – and the boss is cool. So as long as he's around, I think I'll be good. I didn't do it to that GameStop. Um, but uh, but anyway, so uh, – but yeah, Mafia 2 – is uh, I, I'm always overwhelmed by sandbox games that are GTA style, and 2K Check kind of created a version of you know a sandbox style game, but it removes much of the sandboxing, which is why I'm really digging on Mafia too, because you basically just go mission to mission. I mean, am I wrong? Is am I doing something wrong, or is that how it works? I mean, unless you just want to go spraying people down, like yeah, right. That's pretty much how it is, and I mean. You can sort of use your imagination to, to mess around in the city, but that, that's how most open games... I mean, it's got leave. the GTA draw. The one thing I like is that the cops notice when you're speeding, and so I've, I've had a, an issue where I'll like speed past a cop and then just for fun, you know, <laughs> while he's pursuing me, I slam on the brakes so he like front ends into me, and then <laughs> he flips and crashes, and I get out of the car, drag the cop out of the car, and execute him, and then I got everyone on my tail. Okay, I mean, how far have you gotten into the game right now? Um, I'm on chapter five. Uh, okay, so, so you, 
I'm just wondering because there's like this awesome car you get, and uh, I'm not sure how. I can't remember how far into the game it is, but uh, I'm still driving the. Uh, yeah, I'm still driving the car that you. Uh, well, and you don't have to. There are ways to get any car you want, but I'm still driving the car that I stole in like the first mission. Um, oh, okay, so. okay. So you're driving. I think it's called the. Ah, uh, I can't remember. It starts with a P. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I made it a dark indigo and put the license plate VGP seven. I'm uh, in my in my yes. neck of the woods uh, with white wall chrome tires. Um, but yeah, uh, what I like about this game is it, the gameplay doesn't do anything particularly new. Um, it's like GTA, but they know how to make shooter mechanics, which I don't know why Rockstar just can't figure that out. But they just can't. Um, they can't <laughs> figure out how to shoot in a damn GTA game. Um, but this can. This is a very easy game to shoot in, um, and it and it's got just enough variety in the missions that I'm still intrigued. But right. the, that's not why I'm playing the game, and I don't think that's the draw of this game. The draw of this game is it's just beautifully crafted like a great movie, but it's yes. an interactive movie. Um, and that's exactly the, what, what I was saying about it when uh, I first played it back in our VGP episodes, is mm-hmm. you get sucked into the world. Like, it's not that the story's linear, but you're just engrossed in the, the city to the story, everything, and it makes for an awesome experience. Well, and there's a lot of authenticity from the 40s. Everything from, like, the commercials and the stuff about, like, there's, like, propaganda ads where they're, like, you know, carpool. <laughs> if you get into a car alone, you're actually getting into Hitler's army and stuff like that. I love that little yeah. thing. <laughs> um, I love some of the songs on there. For some reason, I got in last night. Yeah, last night, I got home from uh, from a party and played for a little bit. And um, it's it's winter in the very beginning, and so I'm I'm getting I'm doing a night job. You'll remember this. This is the one with the gas tickets. Um, yeah, I know. What you're and you have to about. run to a bunch of gas stations. And I got in the car to leave, and my car has like a little snow on it because it's been snowing. And let it snow was on the radio, and it was just so perfect. Um, <laughs> and there's also like some interesting degree of self awareness as to what this game is, and the fact that it's like an interactive movie. Because I don't know if you noticed this, but I'm big on stealth, obviously. So I did the the mission where you go get those tickets. I did it truly stealthily. And so as you're sneaking around, the the night security guards are talking to each other. And there's this one scene where the guy's talking about how he bought a television. And he spent all this money to watch cartoons and stuff. The guy's like, you spent all this money to watch cartoons? He goes, that's all you're doing? He goes, well, it's not about what it does. It's about the potential. He goes, I imagine a world in the future where there's a guy on a screen and you can like control what he does and things like that to help you know create a story. And he goes, really? Well, but how would you control him? Well, they would have to invent something like a controller and you'd have to put Put it like plug it into a box that goes up to the TV. But eventually, I could see a complete, you know. And I'm sitting here listening to this conversation. And I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. Like, I can see where the typical cynical gamer would just listen to that and go, oh yeah, you're talking about what we're playing. That's great. But to me, it was very amusing. I thought it was a very interesting idea, and I think it, little tweaks like that is what this game is all about. And there's lots of authenticity. And there were many times like that moment, for instance, where. I was just going through the game with like this grin on my face, like, yeah, that was awesome. And I would yeah. just continue doing my thing. And then another time like that would come along and, you know, it, it didn't interfere with like the, the story at all, but it was also entertaining at the same right. time, which made it awesome. Right. Well, and I get this feeling like in the mission, he was like, well, if you kill anybody, you're going to get less money. 
Um, and so, of course, I didn't kill anybody, but I managed to get out of there. But the cops showed up because I set the alarm off, which is, I guess, not the perfect way to do that mission. And um, they shot at me, but I didn't attack them back. I, w- I was the, <laughs> the criminal with a heart. I just ran past them. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought I was going to be all good. And when I get there, he's like, no. And he goes, yeah, there were shots fired and there was a shit show. He goes, I can't, I can't give you the money. You have to get a third of your pay. And I know for a fact that if you do that, the full thing stealthily and don't set off the alarm um, that he'll go, you know, congratulations for having a, you know, a quiet professional job in and out. And so just, even though it's a very simple dichotomous scene, the fact that they have it in there is a very cool concept to me. Uh, It's not, it's not new, but it's just a little touch. And I think it's because of that and how authentic that city is and everything in it. Like it felt like a more polished, if I could say that version of the city we got in LA Noir. And this came first. So that's mm-hmm. what I liked about it. Um, and so it's because of that that I think I can excuse a lot of the racial slurs and things that these guys are saying because I do feel that it was done in the interest of authenticity and not shock value um, to right, go back right. to the old argument people were making. Um, but I'm having fun with it. And what I do like about it, especially with a kid, man, these missions are not long. They're not super short either, but you can do a chapter in an hour and a mission in 15 minutes. And that's yeah, very conducive to my play style right now. <laughs> and that's what I was about to say. Is you know I'm a big fan of uh, UFC, and um, because the the missions weren't like super long and didn't take up hours of your time, it's one of those things that you could pick up and play and not really have to worry about it when you have to go do something else in like 30 minutes. Right, because Rockstar again, who you know kind of pioneered the genre, they were always guilty of stuff like that where they would you know they would literally you know. The final mission in Bully, I recently beat Bully, the final mission was like three hours long. And it wasn't actually that long, but God, it was long. You know what I mean? It was like 17 parts. And you're just like, what more can I do, you know? Mm -hmm. And you die like six times, but they start you up at a checkpoint just because they're being nice and they know no one would beat the game if it was, you know, you had to restart the whole thing. Um, But yeah, Yeah, so really... I I, I don't have a huge problem with finales that are long. But when I was playing Rage, and this is a great example, you can't do anything in Rage without taking up at least two hours of your time. And that might even be an understatement. That game, man. I'm like, glad you told even... me that. I'm going to stray from playing it for right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those games, man. And I, I had to bring it up. It just You can't do anything without Is it worth a play, game. though? Is Rage worth a play? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a great okay. game. It's just... One of the, you have to have some time to put into it. No problem. I mean, there are games that are like that. Uh, I haven't finished Fallout New Vegas for the same reason, but I very much look forward to eventually doing it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's what I've been playing. So I'll probably be done with Mafia Two pretty quick here. I don't think the game's that long. Um, it's but... uh, it's got some length to it in in numbers, I guess. Like uh, you'll you'll get to a certain part of the game and you'll think. Oh wow, this game's probably about to end. But then there'll be a little bit more and then the same thing. I remember thing will you saying that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah now, be a I, bit more. I've heard the DLC's not worth it. Is that true? Um, I got the DLC for free because I got the PS3 version. So Oh, the DLC's I mean, on the disc? Uh yeah. I don't know if it's on the disc or if it was a pre order thing, but uh, I got it for okay. free. So I mean I, I know on really... the sorry. Well, I know on the 360, the DLC's on there now. Like, if you find a Platinum Hits in a store. But, of course, I got the old school Suckers edition, so. I mean, I, uh, so, yeah, I, I didn't play the DLC much, to be honest. I know it's, like, the guy with the glasses, and he's, like, a hitman or something. 
I, I didn't play it that much. Yeah, I just kind of left it alone. Wow. That's a that's a resounding suggestion. Okay, I think I'll leave my my Xbox points in a better place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's just one of those things where you play through such an awesome game as Vito Scaletta, and then there's this mm-hmm. like generic Hitman. Oh, so you don't play as Vito in the DLC? No, no, you don't. It's uh, okay, um then. maybe there's like a spinoff DLC that you do play as Vito, but the one mm-hmm. that I had that came with the game, you don't play as Vito. Okay, then that may be why they criticize the DLC. Why they? I I mean, like the game playing public. But so yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, and awesome. uh, starting next month, um, just for people for foreshadowing on on my podcast, uh, next month is going to be all about playing uh, downloadable games on my consoles. So all those Xbox Live and PSN games that I haven't gotten to, I'm going to be playing pretty much nothing but them for April. So once Mafia go. is done. So anyway, okay, let's move on real quick. We're going to be talking about, uh, okay. We're going to talk about some VGP fun facts and memories. Um, <laughs> do you, I mean, is there, I, I could talk about them a little bit. Um, but I realized after going back and, and listening to the show that we've done a little bit of that anyway. So did you have any personal fond memories from VGP or anything like that you want to talk about? <laughs> I mean, apart from the ones we've discussed, like, every five episodes at minimum, yeah. <laughs> uh, where we went down and had Panda Express or whatever, and how <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We did those ones, like, I don't really have much else to say. I mean, we've had a ton of good times on VGP, but it's just, you know, we could, we could talk about VGP all day, but the ones Cheers. that really mattered, I think we, we've talked about at length. Yeah, our show was always about uh, guerrilla podcasting, um, and uh, <laughs> our, our three-hour and eight-minute initial episode where we talked about the opening night at, at a uh, at a uh, um, or the the release date of of um, GTA Four, and I, I I mumbled the 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 words I will regret for the rest of my life where I said. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I haven't really liked too many uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto games other than um, Vice City, but I think this one's going to be great. I think this one's going to be, like, the greatest game, and I think I'm going to finish it. And then, like, the first <laughs> thing I say the next week is, I don't really care for GTA 4. The shooting sucks. I, I'm not going to be beating this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we're creating memories at, at this very moment because you finally started playing Mafia 2. I mean, that, I know, that's right? a pretty big thing. We should have done the and, show uh, just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I think it's all. I think I love that you finally started playing Mafia 2 because now once you get through the game, you finally tell me what you thought of the whole thing. I shall, too. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm glad I played the game. I, yeah, and I don't know why it took me this long to get to it, but I'm glad I did. Um, I think I got wrapped up too much in the reviewing and having the baby thing. So now that I'm back to a regular <laughs> game playing, I was just able to pick it up. And, and now I'm hooked. Like, I always want to boot it up. So my daughter actually is really good at behaving while I'm playing that game, too. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But she's like, she's always like, okay, I got to be quiet and just kind of play over here in the corner. Daddy's playing. My dad's in the mafia. You know? <laughs> so, um, all right. So, uh, did you do that just to see if I'd notice? <laughs> yes, I okay. see you moving the cursor around. So, um, yeah, I do that as a nervous twitch. Sorry, um, <laughs> but uh, I'll stop doing that. All right. So, real quick, um, 
We used to do this for a while, um, which is uh, kind of, we call it funny or sarcastic news. Um, and so I figured we'd do it real quick because there were a couple of things that were kind of pissing me off this weekend. Um, first and foremost is the lovely Mass Effect 3 ending. So Yes. We won't talk about That's it. Said. But, yeah, but basically, yeah. Game, well, and this was my one thing I wanted to say was, what? who the hell do modern day gamers, this is the problem with the internet generation. Um, is that gamers actually think they have the the power or, or even the right to, to say they want to change an ending because they don't like it. Who well, the hell do you think you are? <laughs> I, let me comment on that actually real quick. There was actually a former Bioware developer. I can't remember her name, but just know that she exists. And if you look her up on Google, you'll be able to find it. But okay. um, I wrote a news post on GameRakes a while back where she said that uh, who do modern modern gamers modern day gamers think they are they're, you're not producers so stop telling us what we should be doing with our games and mm-hmm. I wasn't sure where I stood on that but after thinking about it for a little bit you know if you want to be a game developer go be a game developer but do all the work and put in all the hard effort that these people have done you know and what make who gives you the right to like speak out on this you know exactly modern gamers don't do any of that stuff at all <laughs> At exactly. all. In no way, shape, or form do they even attempt it. And I guess that's what, what pisses me off. Like, even even with the book, you know, and I get that, you know, people tell me stuff like, I don't know this. Like, oh, well, maybe you didn't get the ending. No, I got the ending. Oh, well, maybe you don't understand how dedicated these fans are. Well, they're obviously not that dedicated if they're willing to completely char the ass of the developer <laughs> over the ending the developer rightfully made, you know? They created yeah. this world, not you. You know? <laughs> Here's what happens is they go on the forums or whatever it is or the comment section. They comment and then they forget about it 30 seconds later, having no clue the impact they just had on the on the developers, the gaming industry, and the people writing about the gaming industry. Like they they have no clue and they don't think about it twice. They're they're totally tactless. Right. Well, and I have to kind of thwart the gaming press on this one a little bit. This was one of the worst coverage stories I've seen in a long time because. I read so many different places from well relatively reputable um, sites that Bioware had said they would change the ending. They have never said this. They have contemplated doing something with the ending to make people happy, which from what I understand means they allow you to, you know, it, it, something similar to Quake, because I don't want to get into spoilers, something similar to... Um, Fallout 3 where they didn't have the game end when you beat it. You know, they had it just continue after you've beaten it. One way or the other, they wanted to do something, but they're not responding to this by changing the ending. And if they do change the ending, that's a problem. In the terms of the gaming press, I think that it's just because it's the gaming press and there's still a huge lack of professionalism in the field. True. And if we saw more gaming outlets using stylings like Yahoo styling, AP styling, we probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have as many problems, but the fact remains is a lot of sites don't. And at GameRanks we adhere to a strict Yahoo policy, which may really in all honesty makes things a lot easier, but at least we have something that are like guidelines. And when somebody reads one of our pieces, they know it's a rumor before they ever even go into the piece. It's either in the metadata in the in the, mm-hmm. the link, or it's in the title. And we make sure that before somebody even comes into the article, we have that covered. Well, and for me too, like I use AP Style on my little 
fun website and we're talking about a website that you know <laughs> that uh that doesn't even need to i can sit there and say all kinds of stuff like you know <laughs> bioware changes the ending per what i say ha <laughs> yeah you know and nobody would even notice but uh but the the last one and i thought this was the funniest part was so so <laughs> so these idiots um all got together and we're like let's start raising some money man to change the ending <laughs> and so a bunch of outlets or or at least for a short period of time were under the impression that not only was bioware changing the ending but they were making it into a fundraiser and child's play was on board with it child's play did not agree to this sponsor it anything <laughs> and they said that child's play actually sent a thing that says we will not accept this donation do not take donations for this because but yeah, they made some invisible line of 80,000 so if we can get 80,000 they're going to do it bioware said yeah. no we're not and child's play says this isn't our charity we don't do charities like this where you raise money to get something changed that's a bunch of crap and so it's all false and it was just a bunch of people who got online and were like let's see if we can give money and that's another problem is yeah gamers think they're so entitled to a new ending that they are going to throw money mindlessly without doing any research into a pot hoping that it would change the ending you know what i mean well here's the here's the tough news is that mass effect is the last entry guys too bad you spent your money on it and they're not going to change that and even if mass well, effect 4 was going to come out too bad you're going to buy it anyway so get over it well i know, you know that's what, what I mean? cracks me up the most is like all the threats oh man i'm not going to play this man i'm not going to buy it oh, this is crap i'm not going to no you did <laughs> <laughs> too late the the argument is moot. <laughs> anyway, exactly. moving on. Um, next up, so, so I sarcastically said Sony shuts down Zipper because no one gives a shit about SOCOM anymore. True um, though, <laughs> which I believe is pretty much true. Um, it doesn't look like, uh, from what I've heard, Slant Six, the developers of SOCOM Confrontation, are going to have much luck after um, what is the bare bones experience uh, I've heard is uh, Resident Evil uh, well, outbreak. I just wanted to say, you know, I don't expect we'll spend much time on this one, but um, Zipper, they really did it to themselves. And whenever you hear about Sony shutting somebody down, it's really the developer who's done it to themselves. Sony is really supportive of their first-party studios. And anybody who wants mm -hmm. to debate that, fine. You know, that just go look up on Google anything Sony's ever done with their first-party studios. They're very supportive of them. But um, my point right. is, is they never went away from their formula. They never went away from uh, the shooter genre. And I feel like with all of the talent they had there and all of the support, they really should have tried something else if what they were doing wasn't working, you know? Oh, well, more importantly, in the light of of the, the Call of Duty onslaught, once you see Call of Duty getting major play and then to boot, you see Battlefield actually starting to conform to that as well. This is when you need to learn that if you stick to your guns, people will not buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I respect you for sticking to the SOCOM formula, but people just weren't going to buy it. <laughs> well, and see, the thing is, is um, they came out with MAG, and they had a good idea, but when you tout 256 players in a one multiplayer arena, you expect to see all those 256 players in one area, and now I think that was a big downfall of Mag. But furthermore, they also failed to deliver on the actual mechanics of the game, being the shooting mechanics and stuff like that. And by all accounts, the shooting mechanics were outdated, and the whole game just felt like it should have been in like the PS2 era. Which is uh, unfortunately a commonality with uh, Zipper titles. So. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, Prey 2, rumored to be canceled because no one played Prey and Bethesda likes money. Um, <laughs> the, simply put, Prey 2 looked like it was going to be pretty cool. It was going to be this Blade Runner-esque concept that completely forgets the fact that Prey 1 existed, which is why I don't understand why it was releasing as Prey. Um and then there were rumors that they were going to shut it down. Well, the the game wasn't going to sell well. I'm sorry, guys. I don't think anyone is surprised by that. But it wasn't. That that game had all wait till it's twenty bucks written all over it. Mm-hmm. And Bethesda doesn't like to to be clear. Bethesda publishes games and develops games. Bethesda developed games are predominantly good. Bethesda published games are predominantly bad. <laughs> this looked like it was going to be the latter. Or this this looked like it was going to be part of the sorry the, the opposite the latter it looked like it might be a decent game and Bethesda can't have that in their publishing rights you know I mean they have to release something that's to make a quick buck yeah. so the this is only a rumor for right now but the reason people are feeling strongly about it is because when the rumor came out that Doom Four was canceled Bethesda was like no it's not canceled and when they said so is Prey Two getting canceled are you guys gonna announce this on Monday they said no comment so <laughs> they're probably going to and cancel that by the time you listen to this podcast there may very well be an answer because there's yeah. also a rumor going around the internet that uh, the announcement of whether or not this is true will be coming out this week. And that's also just a rumor. So the rumor mill is hard at work this week. (laughs) The rumor that this is a rumor will be squelched or proven true within the week. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Um, a rumor. Right. Supposedly is rumored to be squelched within a week. Um, but uh, next up, I thought this was worth saying because Square Enix seems to never get on the ball. They never release their games very quickly in a digital format. They never put them on sale. They, I mean, there was a time in the DS era where their games were all more expensive than any other DS game. They're very, you know, caught in their ways. But I think with recent failures like they're seeing with the Final Fantasy series, they are starting to come to terms with the fact that <laughs> and Jake obviously loves Square um but they've put everything digital on on sale this week so i don't know if you saw on PSN but uh you can buy basically all of their best games for 5 bucks a piece so i picked up Final Fantasy 8 9 and Tactics and stuff like that um wow. and uh, i guess you can pick up like games like Deus Ex and stuff like that on uh, on Steam for pretty cheap right now. So that's all good I can news. say is is uh, Square Enix needs to hurry up and stop fondling each other and make Kingdom Hearts three because that's the only <laughs> game that matters anymore in their franchise. And um, you know Final Fantasy thirteen versus you know that game looks cool oh, too. Oh, you don't you play. don't truly believe that game exists, do you? <laughs> I've seen gameplay. It might exist. It's like the holy grail of games. Like, we're just waiting to find it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're going to find why, it in the Ark of the Covenant. Why do they keep making bad games? Why don't they make something they know will be awesome? Why don't they just make Final Fantasy XIII versus... Well, if you've, ever listened, if you've ever listened to the stories of, like, how Final Fantasy and every other one came to fruition, it was always like they were up Shit's Creek, and then all of a sudden they were like, all right, fine, fuck it, let's just do something crazy. And they're not doing that anymore because games are so expensive they can't take a risk. And I think that's why Japanese development as a whole is really struggling, because they don't take any risks, and today's gamer is so goddamn fickle that they're never going to buy it. <laughs> I don't no? care if Square Enix goes out of business. Give me... 
Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't care if Square Enix <laughs> never exists again. Give me Kingdom Hearts 3 <laughs> and they can go bankrupt and do whatever they want. Well, uh, on the plus side, it's not the same thing, but Epic Mickey 2 is on the horizon. So. I don't want it. I want Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> what if Sora it. was a playable character in it? No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> and finally... I feel that 1UP is finally dead. Basically, everybody at TGS was laid off, including Scooter, one of the longest running at the site. The only one left is really Jeremy Parrish, who also runs uh, Gamespite.net, which is a great website. And so I jokingly say he is now solely responsible for both his personal and professional websites because (laughs) I think Jeremy's the only one at 1UP. He just sits in some big extravagant office um, that he didn't want. (laughs) And he has to run that whole damn site while all the IGN guys walk around him and like go to keg parties and and schmooze people up and talk about how awesome they are. So, <laughs> and I love you guys at IGN, but God, <laughs> it was so sad. We promise one up won't die, but everybody on this side of the room, so basically everyone who isn't Jeremy Parrish, you're all fired. Bye. Okay, cool. Have a good one, man. You rock. <laughs> and if I were Jeremy, I'd be like, fuck this, I quit. I don't know why he he's hanging in there, but he is. He is he's a good he's a good editor in chief for what lasted. So, um, anything else you want to throw on the pile? Nah, man. Gaming news is gaming news. So yeah, I just next, had to make fun of some of them. <laughs> um, all right, and last but not least, what are we doing professionally? <laughs> um. Oh, I put myself as the top here. And Thomas isn't here because uh, he was having internet issues, but I will say what he's doing professionally. Um, Which is amazing. Yes, it it very much is. He is he is my sole reason why I don't own Kid Icarus right now. Um, but uh, um, so I've been – I moved over to the B team when this ended because I didn't have time to produce anymore. Um, and I show up here and there on that show probably every other week is a, is a fair assumption. Um, so you can find us at the bteampodcast.com or on allgames.com Thursday nights at nine live. And I'm the only one who reads from the, from the chat, the live chat. So <laughs> you definitely want to check it out. Um, also I started my own little pet project, which I've actually done a pretty good job of keeping up to speed, which is uh, gaminghistory101.com, um, where I talk about old school games, do history lessons and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Things that no one cares about anymore. Um, but uh, but I'm having a lot of fun with that. Um, Shmup Appreciation Month is this week, which is um, the wonderful world of shmups, also known as shoot 'em ups. And the crazy uh, task that I've been talking about is that uh, I have every single day for the last what is it now 25 days posted a new article about a new shmup every single day on top of random articles that I also put live and it's destroyed me um, as a human being. So if you do start your own website, don't ever promise someone you'll give them a free, uh, a free video game. If you don't post an article every single day for a straight month, you will uh, learn to regret it. But I've also learned a lot about a lot of games and played a lot of old school games. Um, The big reason I recommend you checking out my site is basically because what I do a lot of the times is I explain some things that people don't know, like all the fun little industry stuff, like all your base are belong to us. I have an article as to why that's there, and the game Zero Wing, I played it and talked about it. Um, I also play very rare games because my sister has become friends with a dude who wants to date her, and in return, he 
he runs a gaming shop and he lets me have basically open access to it. So I have access to some very rare and expensive games. So um, I played like Dark Side, which is a uh, uh, a 32x game. It's the rarest in existence. It's nearly a thousand bucks. So I was very happy to uh, I was very happy to get my hands on it, especially because that game ain't wor- no game would have been worth a thousand bucks, but that game definitely wasn't. <laughs> so. But yeah, so that's that's what I'm up to. You can check it out at GamingHistory101.com. Very um, quality work over there. <laughs> thank you. We do AP style, like you said. So, um, so oh, the other thing I wanted to point out that a lot of people don't know about this is that every you know, like in articles, how you always see like links on there. A lot of websites do those links in their articles. Um, to like Wikipedia. So like if I, you know, highlight Gradius, I can't believe I just said Gradius, Gradius <laughs> in um, an article, you expect that, you know, um, that uh, you, you expect that that I'm going to send you to like YouTube or, or a website or, or Wikipedia for Gradius. No, what I do is I link you only to stuff within my own site. So you'll go to the big Gradius write up that I've got if it exists. So if you see a link in any of my, uh, in any of my articles, just know that they're not links to random websites and stuff like that. They're links to stuff that I've done on that site and written a new article on. And so I highly recommend, uh, people do that too so if you see links uh, click on them they kind of explain whenever i mention an internal joke they kind of ex- you know give you the article that explains what that's all about so um i know thomas is working at gamerzines uk it's a digital magazine he does Actually, a lot of work i think huh? he's moved on from there buddy oh yes, did he, he? i'm sorry he uh he moved on from gamerzines and he picked up an internship at pocket gamer and I do remember this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, whether or not he got the job at Pocket Gamer after his internship, I do not recall. But um, I know he's been freelancing a little bit around the edges at sites such as IGN, which is pretty major. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been talking to Thomas too much, except like here and there. So I can't really speak too much on this, but I do know he's doing some amazing things inside our industry here. Yeah, no, no, that's awesome. I, I to be honest with you, like he he always puts up links when he talks about, uh, you know, um, different articles and and reviews he's written and stuff like that. And so I just always assumed that you know it was always at the same place, unless he he said something about it. But I must have just missed that that notice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't know either but, actually until uh, I, I messaged him on Facebook, I think, two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, dude, how's Gamerzines going?" And he was like, uh, "I don't work anymore there, bro." And he that was like three months ago that uh, he left Gamerzines, so I was pretty out of the loop until uh, a little bit ago. Gotcha. Yeah, he he's currently listed on his. Uh, I'm I'm on his LinkedIn. He's currently listed right now um, as um, a, a full blown freelance gamer. But yeah, he he does a lot of different articles, including as you said, uh, the UK version of, version of IGN, um, IGNCo.UK. Um, but uh, uh, he also is over at like Nintendo Universe, Crystal Gamer, Lost Gamer, various other places um and he was an intern at uh, pocket gamer until this month and so i'm guessing he probably doesn't know yet if um if, if they hire you on you sometimes don't know right off the bat it takes a while right so. and um so yeah by all from what his twitter 
description says uh, he's an editorial assistant at PocketGamer.biz, freelancer for IGN and Nintendo Universe and more. So if we're going to go off of that, then um, he does have the job at Pocket Gamer. But without him here, we can't really clarify. So <laughs> yeah. Don't you love uh, how we're just hacking what you actually do for a living, Thomas? <laughs> yeah. We're not the ones with the bad internet, though. Uh, right, right. <laughs> the irony of it all. The the guy who's in the in the know and in the industry right now, um, you know, can't seem to get on the line. Um, I love you, Tom. No, it's it's typical of people who get too big for their britches. Now that he's all popular, he doesn't have time for the little podcast that he started. Yeah, he um, or that he was a part of. In the first five minutes, and then he was like, <laughs> uh, "Well, I have better things to do. These guys, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go do my own thing." Uh, we love you, Thomas. Um, so, Jake, tell us what you've been up to. All right. If I remember correctly, on our last episode, I had recently gotten a job at Game Ranks. And um, from there, I have done a couple other things, but I haven't strayed too far away from it. I, uh, I edited for a while over AK Scope until uh, I decided to take on more responsibility over Game Ranks. AK Scope is a uh, tech blog that is actually doing pretty well lately. So uh, if you want to check that out, you can. I don't do any more editing there, but uh, they have some pretty quality articles with some awesome writers. Um, I also decided to take on a podcast hosting job at Game Ranks. We call ourselves the best gaming podcast ever, um, mainly for SEO reasons, but uh, we, we think we're pretty awesome. <laughs> so if you want to listen to that, go over to Game Ranks. It's a weekly podcast. We record on Thursday nights, and it's usually up by uh sunday or monday so uh check that out apart from that just writing features and in the past month i've gotten into writing news um writing the features was awesome um but you tend to get out of the loop a little bit if you're not really paying attention to news and furthermore not writing news and even though the pay isn't great i uh writing the news with everybody else doing it for free uh just getting anything for it's awesome and uh, it keeps me in the loop and it gets my writing up to snuff and it gives me an awesome portfolio of stuff to uh show off whenever i want to approach future employers so um i guess that news job has been the latest thing i've been doing and that's about it any person who wants to work in this industry should know up front that you're pretty much going to cut your teeth doing news. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people that's how it, that's how it starts off. Doing news, no pay. 3 yeah, times a day. Mean, a lot of people who are listening to the podcast right now and I don't mean to be very abrasive, but um you probably think you're too good to write news, but you're not. So you might as well go ahead and start doing it because uh I was in the same position that uh anybody who follows that description was about a few months ago. And I've quickly turned that around to uh, thinking I'm low enough to write news. So go ahead and start doing it because you have See, to. I was crazy. I always, I always liked news. Um, I just didn't, uh, didn't always have the time for it, but I, I managed to, to keep it up. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was talking about this with Fred before the podcast, but, one of my friends, and I don't know if tech and gaming can necessarily be too relatable because I know a lot more people want to write about video games than they do tech. But um, my friend wrote news on uh, AKScope, the, the tech blog I edited for, for about 
three or four months and he approached Gadget for a job and Gadget accepted him without really thinking twice about it. So um it just goes to show how you how much news is really necessary for your portfolio and uh for your knowledge as far as getting anywhere. Mhm. So and also he's being fe- he's being featured on uh Venture Beat here in the next month. So shout out to Kyle Wattenmaker if any of you know him. Nice. Yeah, man, but that's, uh, that's about it. And uh I plan on doing some things here in the next few months, hopefully adding some more things to my repertoire. To your repertoire. Cool. I'm um I'm just focusing on on being a dad and trying to game at the same time. Yeah. It's working I'm out actually, pretty well. Uh, planning on making it out to E3 this year. Are you uh heading out there, Fred? Not this year. No. I uh, uh you end up doing really stupid things like buying new floors instead. <laughs> I have hardwood floors through my entire house. I'm very proud of them. Um, I hear instead you. Instead of going to E3. I just wanted to have um, a repeat of our gorilla episode. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I can find a way. There is some talk at a place that I'm considering going back to um, about them paying to get me out to E3. If that happens, oh, I'm there. Uh, we'll just see if that happens. <laughs> so Yeah, I think everybody right now is scrambling to find some freelance work. So, yep, yep. So, yes, I'm one of those for, I'm one of those great people that they come to and they're like, "You used to take pennies for your articles. Like, we'd love you to come back and do that more." And I'm like, "Well, let me think about it." No. <laughs> Cuz it's not really like they're offering anything amazing, but at the same time, it'd be kind of nice to get back on the horse. Um I've been just seeing a bunch of uh you know, review copies um, that are supposedly coming to me that are actually going to my desk where somebody there goes, oh, he doesn't work here anymore. Mm. Well, I guess we'll take this home and play it, you know? <laughs> and so I would have really liked to be back in the on the horse. So <clears throat> anyway, all right. Well, I think that about wraps it at one hour, 12 minutes. It was a fun little uh, journey back. So... Indeed. Um, we'll have to do it again soon because this was fun. Let's not wait another nine months to uh, have a <laughs> reunion episode. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, we, we will definitely um, we will definitely contemplate doing another one. Also, next week, keep your eyes peeled, especially at GamingHistory101.com or on my Twitter at SpidersVenom because um, I'm going to be getting together with Avsrock from the Playground podcast and, um, and James Kreese, Jamie Gray from the... Uh, uh, from the Vault Reviews podcast, and we're going to do a shmup episode talking about shoot 'em ups. Um, so, and I'm so going to we'll be writing news we'll and game rings because that's all I do now. <laughs> right, and and you have fun with it. Actually, you can tell me how this this rumor issue with Bethesda works itself out. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I guess without further ado, we'll call it a week. And um, until next time, have a good one, guys. Later. Shit, and I'm coming fly. I pimp to the beat, eat from the garbage on the street. Yeah, this is how I roll. Paper bag pants out of control. You can find me at the glory hole. We through the wall for a quick free blow. Uh, girl, look at my body. Uh, girl, look at my body. Uh, girl, look at my body. Uh, I ain't trash. 
Please give me some money. Please give me some money. Please give me some money. I trying. When I walk in the spot, yeah, this is what they see. Okay. An old dirty man that drinks his own pee. Got a disaster in my pants, and I ain't scared to show it. Show it. Show it. Show it. I'm sexy and I'm homeless. I'm sexy and I'm homeless. 